the DuPont Fox guarding the EPA henhouse. This is the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show's Cyber Monday Special, Part 1. Jason Cousin, and I, Eric Render King Fisk, return to Dark Waters territory to discuss Joe Biden's Environmental Protection Agency transition team appointee, Michael McCabe, a former executive who worked for DuPont and tried to hide the dangers of the infamous pollutant known as C8 from the public and attempted to dodge litigation for his company. Jay and I revisit what happened during the DNC primary, how the election process should have been better, and why a majority of Americans on both sides of the political divide won't ever believe this wasn't a compromised election. The Fedora Chronicles radio show is brought to you by our patrons. Patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the show, show notes, behind the scenes action, and more. Coming soon, patrons will also be eligible for exclusive products and promotional materials. You can also support the Fedora Chronicles radio show and show off your amazing taste and style with new products from Zazzle. Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. 12.5% of each purchase goes directly into keeping this podcast on the air. The Fedora Chronicles radio show can be heard on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, Player FM, Castro, and Breaker. If our podcast isn't on your favorite platform, let us know right away and we will pass along a special gift to you as a thank you. Our email address is fedorachronicle at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter at Fedora Chronicle. Once again, here's Jason Cousineau and me, Eric Fisk from the Fedora Chronicles. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Cozy right on up to that microphone and I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Oh, yeah, baby. Tell you Talk about, to me. Tell you, tell you about a, a fateful story about a three-hour tour. A <laughs> three-hour tour. My wife is just like in, yeah, you can hear her in the back room, background putting the silverware and she's like okay that sounds just creepy and it was just like we were having a conversation yesterday at the day job about how if you use the right voice you can like you can change the context of absolutely totally anything so oh yeah oh yeah just just imagine you're talking to somebody and you're like oh you know i i was laid up in bed all night last night just wasn't feeling too hot or you could say i was laid up in bed all night last night just wasn't feeling too hot <laughs> you know i mean it's just <laughs> puts a completely different spin on what you're saying yeah exactly like oh uh, yeah i could i could just I, I could just rift on that for probably an entire half hour and just make <laughs> that an episode um speaking about making it making this uh, an entire episode. By the time the listeners li- um, hear this, I will have made up my mind about the title of this episode. And and I don't even know if we're going to break this into two parts 
because the thing is, is that we have so much to get to and there's so much I want to talk about. This is what I'm, these are the titles that I'm thinking about. Okay. The, the DuPont Fox guarding the EPA hen house. My wife's like, ooh, hey, you got a, you know what? You got a microphone here you can use. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and I like the way that she said that. Ooh, I like that. Um, <laughs> the other title I'm working on is Super Monkey Brains and the Utah Monolith. Which one do you like better, baby? Yeah, I was actually just watching a video about that monolith. Okay. You guys, you guys were both talking over each other. Uh, that's fine. I'm sorry. I was just watching a video about that monolith, actually. No, no, I did not. Oh, my God. This is one of those times when I really wish that you would come in here and just... <laughs> you know what You know what I really want for Christmas? I want, an, I want another Shure SM7B microphone. And I want the chair that Walt used to sit in right here next to my desk so you can sit and enjoy and talk on the micro on, on, on the podcast too carol that's what i really want i'd like for you to be a guest host on the podcast or get, her, get her one of those remote mics so she can have it on while she's walking around oh my god we could put that we could hook that into the pv board yeah like a lapel punt like a one of those lapel yeah. um mics yeah. and somebody from hanover new hampshire wants to be a part of the show or they're a spam caller, and I'm going to have to have fun with them later. Ah. Uh. So, so which is it? So the DuPont fox guarding the EPA hen house, or no? I think Super Monkey Brains and the Utah Monolith is going to be the subtitle. I think that's that's going to be it. Okay. I'm going to work that in all together. So, but I and I actually asked Carol if I could talk about this little bit because instead of recording something that is a little edgy and then asking Carol if it's okay after and then just play it for her. I actually asked her in advance and this is like file this under things that Eric is grateful for on Thanksgiving. Um, I, I woke up yesterday morning and my cell phone fell on the floor and it fell on the floor kind of hard. And That's not good. Well, but it had it. It has the the shock case to it because we all know that Eric is what accident clumsy prone. as hell. Clumsy as hell. The kids like to say accident prone. Ah, and they've oh, been being polite. And the thing is that it was like since since our youngest was about maybe three or four, um, he every time I say "Daddy is what," and he says "accident prone," even before I think he even knew what accident prone really means, and. <laughs> And I didn't think anything of it. And I just, I, I drove to work uh, listening to some CDs um, uh, from my youth and just getting myself in the mood to just go to work, go to the day job, do my job, and then just come home and enjoy the extended weekend. And I use air quotes when I say extended weekend because I'm, I also have to work this weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's one of the reasons why we're recording on a Wednesday morning is because I promised Carol that I would give her 115% of my time on Thanksgiving Day. And I thought that this would be a nice present for our listeners to have this done with. 
have it done and over with and have it on the server that they can listen to if they are traveling on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, absolutely. And I didn't think anything of it. And I thought that Carol was doing the same because I sent her a couple of texts saying, hey, baby, I love you. Have a great day. And I can't wait to see you when I get home. No response. I didn't think anything of it because I knew she was going to have a busy day. And um, I'm trying to use the cell phone less and less while I'm at work because I want to focus on what I'm doing, like especially during my breaks, because I want to get to know the people that I work with a lot more. And I'm on my second break of the afternoon and I get a phone call. And Carol's in a panic because she's been trying to reach me all day. I didn't send her any of my usual texts. She didn't receive any of my texts. And I looked and somehow something happened to my cell phone where it wasn't sending and receiving data. It was kind of like in this weird airplane mode, as it were. Um... And the fact that she was so worried about me and she thought something happened because she she knows my routine. And it was just like, it's kind of like one of those moments like, wow, she really loves me. She really, really yeah. loves me. You know, because the 20 plus years of marriage was not a hint for, towards that. No, well, the, you you know, you know how sometimes <laughs> ma- marriages sort of like um, the love for cut people can um, diminish over time. But we still yep. love each other the way that we do and we did when we first got together. Maybe even more so. Um, or or I have more, um, I don't want to use the word mature, but I, I have more reasons to love her beyond just the kind of like the, the, the original attraction that I had for her when we were in our, in our 20s. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just like one of those moments like, wow, she, she really loves me. She actually like was concerned about me because she couldn't see me on Life 360. And she was like worried, like, was I in a, a car accident or something? Did something happen? It was just like one of those moments where it just makes you like made me stop and think. Like, wow. So that's really all. That's awesome though. It I is. mean to put that in contrast, um, today would have been my twenty fifth wedding anniversary oh, if sure. my wife and I hadn't gotten a divorce. So Sorry, buddy. No, I think, I, hey, life is the way it is. She's happy. I'm happy. And kids are all doing well. So, yeah, you know, sometimes stuff doesn't go the way you wish it would. But, yep. you know, you adapt and you move on. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a whole part of life. And if you don't adapt, you die. I hate to say it like that. Well, you, you kind of do. I mean, you may not die physically, but you sure as hell may die on the inside. Right. You know? So I just got news here that SpaceX just celebrated their 100th Falcon 9 launch. Jeez, I didn't know there were so many. They launched the Falcon 9 rocket or rockets 100 times. And um, that's, that's a huge milestone. And that just sort of like... Um, follows up on the previous episode that we did for all mankind where we're talking about the efficacy of space travel exploration and exploitation um so uh, that's congratulations to spacex so one of the things that i definitely go ahead so one of the things that we wanted to talk about and it actually i actually have it written down here jason cousineau and eric render king fisk returned to dark water territory and discussed joe biden's environmental protection agency transition team appointee michael mccabe an executive who worked for dupont and tried to hide the dangers of the infamous pollutant 
known as C8 from the public and attempted to dodge litigation. And this is one of those news items that uh, really made me angry, Jay. Because yep. how long ago did we do that episode on Dark Waters? It's been a while. It's been, I think, almost two months. Wouldn't it be great if I had this sh up and running and I had this on the screen here for the world to see? We <laughs> did this episode on October 10th. So it's been more than a month. It's been like, what, maybe five or six weeks. Okay, yeah, month and a half. So we, and the, the title of that episode is Dark Waters. What other dangers are large corporations hiding? And Carol wanted to watch this movie about... Um, the infamous, the now infamous case where this, this lawyer working for this corporation that was originally um, representing DuPont found out that they had hidden the dangers of one of the byproducts of Teflon. Infamously, it has this long scientific name I can't pronounce. I'm not going to bother with it, but it's affectionately known as C8. And it is such, it, and it is such a toxin that in large cor uh, concentrations, it causes severe tooth loss, it causes uh, tumors, liver and kidney failure, uh, a whole host of problems. And um, they hid it from the EPA for literally decades. They've known since the 50s how dangerous this product was. And one of the characters involved in this incident is this character by the name of Michael McCabe. And this is from, I'm just going to read like a paragraph or two, from The Intercept. The Biden transition team has appointed Michael McCabe to its agency review team at the EPA. McCabe, who served as Biden's communications and projects director between 1987 and 1995, and was de deputy administrator of the EPA at the end of the Clinton administration, led DuPont's defense of the toxic PFAS chemical F uh, PFOA. McCabe began managing DuPont's communications with the EPA about the toxic chemical in 2003, two years after he left the job as deputy administrator of the agency, and continued in that role until at least 2006. As The Intercept previously reported, his still-fresh relationships with his former colleagues in the government came in handy as McCabe skillfully and successfully helped the giant corporation dodge the agency's efforts to set binding limits on the chemical. When McCabe began overseeing the team of attorneys and high-level former EPA staffers, the agency had initiated a, quote, priority review, unquote, of P.F. OA, the perfluorinated yeah, chemical. Yeah, don't even try, dude. Don't even try. <laughs> chemical DuPont used since 1950s to make its blockbuster nonstick coating Teflon. At that point, the chemical had already been discovered in the drinking waters of tens of thousands of people living near one of the company's plants in Parksburg, West Virginia. DuPont already knew that P. FOA accumulated in workers' bodies and caused a wide range of health effects, including cancer in lab animals. And they even used some of their own employees as lab rats, as we've already talked about. 
Over time, the chemical would be found to cause a long list of human health effects in addition to cancer. And this is one of those forever chemicals that never goes away. Yep. Nature does not know how to break it down. It's eight carbon molecules and a, fl- and a, and a fluoride uh, molecule. It, 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 and nature doesn't know how to handle it. Doesn't know what to do with it. So it just stores it somewhere. Um, the idea, This is one of the things that drives me crazy. And I've given this a lot of thought. Wondering why does this make me so angry? For starters, you have somebody like Aaron Brockovich, who is a legend in her own time for taking on the power company in California who was dumping this lubricant that they were using into the ground after they were done using it and it, and it poisoned and it sickened, sickened a whole bunch of people. And Aaron Brockovich made her name going after this power company for poisoning all of these people. And she became uh, a famous litigator for the public against large corporations who poison people because of their own inactions or their incompetence or just evil actions. And she's kind of like the go-to person when talking about taking on large corporations who do harm to the public. She was attacked by liberals and environmentalists on Twitter this past weekend because she called Joe Biden on the carpet for appointing Michael McCabe. And I thought I thought we thought Aaron Brockovich was one of those unattainable liberal heroes because she stuck it to the evil, big, nasty corporation. You would think you would huh. think you would think you would have thought in the past. She has gone after people in Republican administrations for doing such nonsense. Oh, I see what they're mad at. She's not supposed to go after the people that are doing bad things on their side, only the bad people that are doing things, doing bad things on the other side. I wish I had a bill. It's almost like she yeah. cares more about her cause than she does about political affiliation. Right. Hmm. Right. That's one. Okay. Of, that's one of the things that really sort of aggravated me is because you're, you're not allowed to criticize Joe Biden. You're not allowed to criticize right. Joe Biden for anything that he did. like leading up to the election. There were a lot of news items that a lot of people should have heard and made up their own mind, made up their own decision before they voted. This is one of the reasons why I did not like either one of the two major candidates who were running for office. There's a reason why he didn't like Donald Trump. And there's a reason why I didn't like Joe Biden. Um, One of the reasons why I don't like Joe Biden is because I have a long memory and I remember the things he said and did since he first ran for president in 1987, 88. And I remember the reason why he dropped out of the race because of plagiarism. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was in really sort of like, um, one of the things that really sort of frustrated me and angered me is that when I would bring up the things that Joe Biden did, in the past that for for me makes him ineligible to be president people came after me because i kept bringing these things up don't tell me what joe biden did in the past tell me what joe biden is going to do in the future i want to know what joe well, Biden. 
But isn't, isn't that part and parcel to becoming president, though, is your plans for the future, for or who you are as a person? We were all told when Trump was running that Trump was an asshole because of things he did 20, 25 years ago. So why don't why can't we apply that same standard to the Democrat candidate? That's not, that's not a difficult question to ask. It's a really very difficult question to answer because Trump is so evil and we want to get rid of him by any means necessary. We're going to give Joe Biden a pass even though he's done horrible things. By the way, the same as horrible things concerning women as Trump did. Remember, Trump was awful because he said he liked to grab women's pussies. Right. And Joe Biden was accused by someone, by a woman. She accused him of grabbing her pussy. And we were told that, you know, that's fake news. That's not, you know, that's not relevant to the conversation. So which is it, people? Is it is it bad to grab women by the pussy or is it only bad when a Republican does it? You know, why didn't we hear about this on CNN? You know. This uh, anyway, continue. It's not. Well, so one of the one of the conversations that I had, I believe it was over the summer, was what was it with our mutual friend, Brian Mitchell. And Mm -hmm. I had explained to Brian, and I thought that Brian was a reasonable fellow. Mm -hmm. And I believe that he is a conservative, or he called himself a conservative, but he's voting for Biden because of reasons. And one of his friends had given me a list of why we should vote for Joe Biden. Number two on that list was Biden has an excellent environmental plan and will restore the EPA. That was number two. This is the same. Hold on. This is the same EPA that poisoned Red Rock. Or allowed Red Rock to be poisoned. No, they were the ones that told them to discharge it into the water. They, they, as I understand, as I, and I'll have to reread it, but as I understand it, the EPA told them that them holding the water where they were was not good for the environment, so they should have released it into the river. Yes. That's as I recall. That's how you, yes. Because that was, is, as I recall anyway, that was what the protesters were actually saying during their protest. And I find it easy to listen to people and take their word for what they're protesting about instead of trying to ascribe new motivations on them for what they're doing. But I'm kind of crazy that way. You are crazy that way. I am just a little. Now, the ten t- anyway. now <laughs> I had asked from people in the past leading up to the election show me where joe biden has been friendly to the environment and has not participated in the kind of cronyism republicans are known for show me the evidence that he is a friend to the environment and he is a friend to environmental causes this is the same guy who has said that he will not stop fracking, especially in Pennsylvania. And fracking has been proven to cause all kinds of environmental catastrophes. Fracking is not... Now, go ahead. This, this is where I think it's fair to tell the audience that on environmental causes, you fall on 
towards more towards the left side of the aisle. Yeah, yeah. And I and I admit it. I mean, I for yeah. for, for Corona, no, I know. Yeah, I know you don't. I'm just making sure the audience knows. Because I think because there's no one out there going, what the fuck? I thought you were a conservative. It's like, well, like most people, like it depends on the subject. It depends on the topic. I don't think that I don't think that large corporations should be telling the EPA what is and isn't safe to put in the air and the water and the ground. I think that that large corporations like DuPont should not be telling the EPA what's safe and what isn't safe. I don't think that large corporations like Purdue Pharma should be dictating to the FDA which drugs are safe and which isn't. I don't think that large cor- right. I don't think that large corporations should be writing the bills that the Congress and senators vote on to become laws. There should be laws against that. I don't I don't think that lobbyists should be writing laws that people like Nancy Pelosi present to the floor to be voted on. I don't think that senators and congressmen and presidents should be profiting off of the bills that they pass. I'm funny that way. Well, yeah. And it's, again, in order to understand someone's position, you have to understand where they stand, right? Um, And their motivations for that. Now, you are someone who enjoys the outdoors. I if anyone follows you on Facebook, they'll see that you tend to do a lot outdoors, whether you're sitting on your deck, going out for hikes, whatever, you enjoy the outdoors. So you have an interest in keeping the outdoor environment pristine as much as possible, right? Which is why you think companies that wanted to spoil that probably shouldn't be the ones writing the laws about what is constitutes nature being spoiled. Right? Yeah. I mean, is am I wrong to say that? No, not at all. Is that an, it's, that, that, all right. That's, so that's an accurate representation. I mean, that makes sense to me. You know, at the same time, you're also a small government kind of guy. So like me personally, I have, I struggle with the EPA because I, I think its mission, as stated, is a noble thing. However, I have yet to see any evidence of the EPA actually following the dictates of its mission in any meaningful way. So I, I struggle with that. I, I want to preserve our environment as much as the next person. I grew up in the woods. I grew up enjoying nature. And I still love enjoying nature I have some physical things that I'm working on so I can enjoy it more but I have yet to see anything from the EPA that actually did any good that wasn't written by some sort of corporation to benefit themselves so that's where I struggle with the EPA and they have a their mandate frankly is the biggest overreach of power the federal government has ever done but anyway we're digressing I think we're, we, we, we've, we've digressed quite a bit on this. <laughs> no, actually, no, I, I, I take that back. I don't think that I think we've taken a couple of minutes to explain how and why we um, feel the way that we do for the past, okay. yeah. for, for the, for the past couple of months, if you said anything that could jeopardize Joe Biden's chances of beating Donald Trump in the general election after the primary after the convention, 
There were people out there, people who I regarded as friends, did their best to discredit, discount what we said, even tried to deplatform us. I've been unfriended by people on social media for saying, Joe Biden is a scumbag. Joe Biden is not the person you think he is because you either don't know or you choose to forget all the horrible things that he has done in the past. And I'm not, I'm not pro chump. <laughs> yeah, chump. <laughs> Freudian slip much, Freudian Eric? slip. <laughs> By saying Joe Biden is all of these horrible things, he's done all of these horrible things. Joe Biden is a hypocrite and Joe Biden is a liar and he's a plagiarist. Joe Biden is probably every horrible thing that you hate about Republicans, but he's all wrapped up in a gooey, soft, gentle, cuddly um, wrapping called the Democratic Party. He gets a pass because he's a, quote, Democrat. If he was a Republican, people would be rioting in the streets right now because yeah, he was elected because he was he's elected yeah, they, president. All of, all of these people would be, all of these feminists would be putting on their pussy hats and marching in Washington saying that we need to listen to all women and believe all women. I also think that, I also think the nomination of Joe Biden has ruined or ended the Me Too movement because people are not concerned as much about workplace harassment as they did earlier. I think that this right. is the end of the Me Too movement. And I also think that it's sort of the end of many people on the left saying that the Democrats stand for the environment. Because you look at, you look at somebody who is the president-elect and the person that he has appointed to his transmi tra yeah, transmission team, his transition team, <laughs> was an executive who worked at DuPont who tried to hide the dangers, who actually hid the dangers of this horrible chemical from the public for quite a long time. And because of Michael McCabe's behavior and because of his actions, more people are sick. More people have cancer. More people have liver and kidney disease. But we don't want to hold these people accountable because Trump is so, fr is so bad, is so awful. And a lot of people are saying, well, what, you know, Eric, what should we do? I don't really have the answer to this. Well, I think it starts we have to hold our own party more accountable than we hold the other party. And this, you and I are politically agnostic when it comes to party, right? We are, I think we, we both fall along nominally conservative lines, but we also realize that the Republicans are every bit as bad as the Democrats. Everything we dislike about the Democrats, we also dislike about the Republicans. The two largest growths in size and power of the federal government happened in the, well, in the last 70 years, 80 years anyway, happened under Republican presidents. So the Republicans clearly are not small government people. You know, they want to make those noises to appease a certain segment, segment of the political landscape. But when it push comes to shove, they're going to grow the size of government, which is something that I personally am opposed to. Right. But at the same time, having said that, I don't like the Democrats either because they've never found a solution that didn't involve the government to any problem. Their first gut reaction is to grow the government on everything.
right? But then when you look at the individuals within it, like this last election, you and I have said several times, there is nothing bad you can say about Trump that cannot also be said about Biden. Right. Nothing. Incompetence at what they do, that's a tick mark in both both columns. Horrible with women, horrible record with women, tick mark in both columns. Doddering old fool with possible signs of dementia, check mark in both columns. The only difference between these two people is the parenthetical D or parenthetical R after their name on the ballot. That is the only difference. And you can say, well, this is about policy. Yes, you can say that all you want. Then why, if you can say that, why are you always, when asked what is so bad about Trump, all you bring up is what an awful person he is? Can't do that because then I can say, okay, well, what about Biden? He's done the exact same thing. And if you say the same thing about Biden, what an awful person Biden is, I can point at them and say, well, what about Trump? He's done the exact same thing. This this election is just it, – it, it's actually fitting that it's a shit show right now. Oh, yeah. Because we had two shit show candidates. We really did. The numbers for this election, I think in another 30 years, 40 years, you're going to have a lot of political analysts looking at this election and saying, this is where we learned America was off the rails. And people were turning a blind eye to things because they supported their candidate. I honestly do. And that doesn't even get into the vote counting. There's a lot of lessons going to be learned about that. You know, like, why the hell do we have some of these huge advancements in technology, but we're still using the same techniques for counting votes that we used in 1920? Yeah, they scan them and all that other kind of shit. But you look at the ballot co- counting that's going on right now. They're doing a lot of shit that is no different than what they did in maybe the 1950s, 1960s, certainly in your, our lifetimes since the 70s. Nothing has changed. Nothing's changed. You know, we don't, yeah. yeah, we don't have hanging chads, but they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of ballots with only votes for presidents on it. No down ticket votes at all. None. If you're not saying that's peculiar, think about how you voted. Did you only vote for president and then turn in your ballot? No. Yeah, I don't think anyone does. I know. Well, I know I, my children all ask me, "What does this mean? What does that mean?" Oh, about yeah, their ballots. So they looked at them. Ugh. Anyway, it is. It's it's a it's a genuine it's a genuine embarrassment. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And I I I have, I have no idea how to fix this problem. And the thing is that it's like I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm saying both of them. Both political parties are corrupt. There are oh, some absolutely. there are some good people in both political parties. But the majority of these people are corrupt. And you'd be hard pressed to prove which is which is less evil, as it were. Now, if you have your pet issues, th- then of course you're going to think that this party is less evil than the others. If you were a single issue voter. You're going to believe that. And if you listen to only one news network, you're going to believe one is better than the other. If you listen to nothing, if you listen to nothing but Sean Hannity, you are going to believe that all Democrats are evil. All Democrats are perverts. All Democrats are demented. And 
all Democrats are responsible for the decay of the United States on the world stage. If you listen to nobody else but Rachel Maddow, is it Maddow? Yeah. If you listen to Rachel Maddow and you listen to nobody else but her and the other pundits on MSNBC, you are going to believe that all Republicans are inherently evil and corrupt and perverted and are looking out only for themselves. All the horrible things that Sean Hannity says about Democrats, Rachel Maddow says about the Republicans. And you're really hard-pressed to have them admit once in a while that somebody on the other side did something good or newsworthy unless they turn on the on their on their own people. And we have this massive polarization. We have so many people here in the United States who seem to think that the other side is inherently evil and that they are what's the what, what have they been saying about Donald Trump? Donald Trump is is um his evil is unprecedented. We've never had anybody who was this bad. Uh, uh, um, right. Fundament, um, a danger to the fundamental bedrock of the democracy or something like that. Yeah. And it's like you have. And that's just that's just in the past two weeks because he's actually trying to find out if there was any. He, because he's not just default accepting the results of the right. election. He's fighting like hell to try and overturn the, the election that he thinks was stolen from him. And there are a lot of people who were making claims that there has been impropriety and that there has been voter fraud. While at the same time, you have other people who are on the other side, the blue side of the aisle, as it were, insisting that there has never been a more secure election here in the United States. Right, which is, if, I do tend to listen to more conservative media. I do think Joe Biden probably is going to be declared the winner. I also think that we really need to Trump at some point is going to need to succeed. And I think that point is going to be when all of the everything's validated on. I think it's December 11th is when all the votes are actually validated and when they actually find out who won, not just the press declaring we think this person won, which is what everyone is not understanding. I think Trump should concede if this, everything gets validated at that point. I think the lawsuits should still continue because we need to have an investigation to find out, was this actually a good, solid election? And I think the evidence is out there that it's not. And by the way, I think that that investigation is probably, if it's nonpartisan, is probably going to find improprieties by both parties. I firmly believe. Oh, absolutely. Everybody cheated. Everybody cheated. Everybody cheats. This is no different than any other election other than the fact that I think that they tried harder um, on the left because Trump poses just such an absolute total fundamental danger to our democracy and that by any means necessary, um, they're, they're going to cheat. Because they think that they're doing it for, um, to save democracy. They're doing, they, right. they're, um, the ends justify the means. And that they're going to they're gonna do everything that they can, in, including cheating, to get him into office. And I don't think that there are, go there are going to be people who are going to ever look at Joe Biden as being the legitimate president. I think anywhere between, I'm just going to be generous. 
and say anywhere between 55, between 45 and 55 percent of the country is not going to believe that Joe Biden fairly won this election. I think there's, there's, I think that's, and and let's be honest, if, if Trump manages to overturn things, say he overturns whatever he, there's like three states he needs to overturn in order for him to win the election. Say he overturns it. That's going to be even worse. Oh, absolutely. Because none of the Democrats, none of them, none of the people who are leaning left are going to believe that Trump actually won the election either. He just litigated the election. He was a litigated president. He was not a elected president, you know, and what it boils down to is because we did, and I blame social media for this, because we did such a shitty job electing our candidates. Oh, absolutely. That the next four years are going to be nothing more than the worst partisan backbiting, sniping, all of that shit. That's all that's going to happen over the next four years. Nothing is going to get done for the country. Anything that Biden puts forth can be shot down by the Republican Senate. Anything. Yes. Biden is going to probably lose seats. The Republicans may gain, actually gain the House in the midterm elections in 2022. And then 2024, if the parties have learned anything and there are some people in both parties who appear to be trying to pull rein in the lunacy... And if they actually do, I think we will not see Joe Biden running for re-election. We will not see Kamala Harris running for re-election. We will see completely new candidates. And that's the only thing that's possibly going to unify this country. Because Joe Biden can call for unity all he wants. He really can. It doesn't mean anything because Joe Biden himself has done nothing when he was vice president, has done nothing when he was a sitting senator, has done nothing as a political candidate for president to try and unify people. So his claims of wanting unity right now just speaks like a sore winner saying, OK, well, I won. So you all got to you all need to start accepting that I'm the guy is what it comes across as for the people who disagree with his policies. Right. All, all of you people that I have called deplorables and scumbags and all the people that I have I have said the most yeah. mean, awful things you could possibly right. imagine. All of you sexist, racist, misogynist, white supremacists that are the worst scum of the earth that some of my party people that are actually sitting members of Congress are saying need to go into re-education camps. All of you people need to just put down your pitchforks and just accept the fact that I am the coming messiah and that the prophesied blue wave actually happened, even though there's no evidence of it. That's what it comes across as. And people on the other side do not see that there's a problem with it. And yet they did nothing different than what the Republicans are doing when Trump won the election. And they're going to say, everyone on the left is going to say, well, we didn't contest the votes. No, you didn't, because your guy that lost at the time, and I don't even remember who it was, your person that lost, oh, oh, Hillary Clinton, because Hillary Clinton was so shocked that she didn't win, that she didn't just walk in on a massive blue tidal wave, that I honestly think she was just off her game. I think she would have contested had she thought that she could have had a possibility of losing. She just did not have her ground game. I honestly think Trump cheated and is shocked that he didn't win by bigger numbers. And so Trump, being a lot more adaptive and responsive by personality, shifted his team around 
really quickly and said, let's go after these bastards, because that's the kind of personality Trump has. But if you think if, if any Democrat out there, if you're complaining about the Republicans not unifying under Biden, why didn't you unify under Trump? Why didn't you? And if you cannot come up with a valid answer that doesn't taste like hypocrisy in your own mouth, don't expect the other side to either. This whole election was a shit show. And you and I have been saying that. We've we, we been saying since this. Since like June. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I think that when Joe Biden become, became the party nominee, I think we basically realized. No, you know what? No, I take that back. When Tulsi Gabbard was shut out of the primary and she was excluded from debates and yep. when social media did everything. And I, and I lump in Google as well with this. When they did everything that they possibly could to quell her surge in the polls and and quell the interest in her. I mean, they literally throttled down her search results on Google. And I don't want to get into I don't want to like rehash this over and over again. Um, Right. But the thing is, but at at the same time, it's important for everyone to remember there's a lot of reasons to not accept the results of this election more than just what happened on election night. No. I, but the th- Biden should never have been the Democrat candidate, plain and simple. Just and and sticking with the theme of this, environmentalists should never have been excited about a Joe Biden presidency. Environmentalists should be furious right now with mm-hmm. what Joe Biden has done. Environmentalists should be outraged at this appointee to the EPA. This is inexcusable. There is no way you could look at this and say, this is a great idea. This is a wonderful appointee. Yeah. Democrats, I believe, honestly, Jay, I think that liberals who were all excited about Joe Biden and all the things that he was going to do to, quote, save the environment, have serious egg on their face for the past couple of days with the uh, with the appointee of Michael McCabe. I want to make sure that I have his name right. Yeah, Michael McCabe. The appointing Michael McCabe to the EPA is literally the worst thing I think that Joe Biden could have done. This is this is a Trumpian blunder. This is this is a blunder on of Trump proportions. Yeah. I, I don't think that he could have picked a a worse appointee for the EPA. And And I honestly think there's a lot of people within the Democrat Party who are not happy with Joe Biden being the candidate. I think you're getting a lot of the talking heads out there. And there's a lot of almost, I think that doth protest too much going on. In other words, they're saying they're shouting to the rooftops their support of Joe Biden. But I think they're doing it as much to convince themselves as they are to convince anyone else. I think there's a lot of Democrats who kind of rolled their eyes when they checked the box and were voting more. Well, at least it's not Donald Trump rather than, yay, it's Joe Biden. No, I I absolutely totally agree. I absolutely believe that the vast majority of the people who voted for Joe Biden had no idea of his record. I'm I'm convinced that there are people who just they didn't just and just figured it was better than Trump. It was they felt they had no other option. Again, 
This election, the primaries failed us. And when I say the primaries, let's be honest. No, Trump didn't really have any competition in the Republican primaries. He really didn't. There's a couple of people that ran against him. But realistically, the economy was doing so good. And then COVID hit. And Trump was just thing about conservatives is we're slate, a bit of a slave to tradition, right? And so the Republicans were like, well, traditionally, the, the president gets a shot at reelection and people don't run against him. And so Trump really had no competition. But Joe Biden, the Democrats, they had plenty of really good options, but they couldn't stomach someone who was able to reach across the aisle. They couldn't stunt, stomach someone who had their own opinions and dared to voice them. So, yeah, that's why we're looking at a Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden presidency right now, because the primary system failed us. And I've, I've been saying for years, our primary system is fucked up. You shouldn't have this same day voter registration bullshit on a primary. You shouldn't be allowed if you're a Democrat to vote in the Republican primary or a Republican to vote in a Democrat primary. If you're a member of a party, you vote in, for your party in the primary, and that's it. Because the primary is about who that party wants to represent them. That's what the primary is. And I remember getting this discussion when I still lived in Massachusetts, and one of my friends was like, well, what if I, you know, what if I want to hedge my bets and make sure that my, you know, that the my other option is someone I can tolerate? I said, why do you care? If you're that secure in the policies of your party, why do you care who the other candidate is? You're never going to vote for them anyway. He says, well, yeah, but what if I want to? I'm like, well, too fucking bad. He's like, well, what about the people who are not registered? I said, oh, you mean like me? I'm yeah. not registered to any party? Yeah, I don't get to vote in a primary. That means I get to bitch about both sides equally. Yeah, but I'm a bit of a hypocrite on, on that end because I felt as if uh, – if Donald Trump was going to lose to a Democrat, I wanted to be at least a Democrat that I could respect, like Tulsi Gabbard. Well, yeah, but I mean, to me, you've got to you've got to respect the process and the party picks who the party wants. This is why the meddling of social media, specifically Google, when it comes to Tulsi oh, Gabbard, yeah. to me, is so egregious because there were a lot of Democrats who would have probably voted for Tulsi Gabbard and our election results in the primaries would have been very different had everyone been given a fair shake and they were not. No, I don't believe we've got the best candidate that the Democrat Party could have produced running that ran against Trump. I really don't. Joe Biden is not was not the best candidate on the blocks. When we first heard about Joe Biden running you and I were making jokes because we thought it was fucking funny. We didn't think anyone was going to take creepy Joe Biden seriously. And yet he is now the president fucking elect. Yeah. And let's be honest, he's not going to last four years. He's either going to get thrown out because he's a doddering old fool or he's going to step down gracefully, which is he probably will. He's a good party line voter. He's going to do what's right for the party. And after a year or so, so he can feel good about himself after a long enough period of time, he'll step down. Kamala Harris will step in and be the first unelected black or minority woman president of the country. But she won't have been elected. And that's going to play against her in the re-election primary, in the re-elections in 2024. The next four years are going to be a political shit show, period. They really are. 
No doubt. And if we actually investigate and find out if there were voting improprieties, because again, I believe there were on both sides, if we actually conduct that investigation and find that out, hopefully 2022 and 2024 will be a lot better. I don't know what to do about social media, though, because I don't think it's the government. I, I, I am against, morally against, the government telling a private company how they can run. Oh, sure. But at the same time, they fucked over the Democrat Party because they couldn't stomach someone. So they fucked over the Democrat Party. I mean, Twitter's now having to deal with Parler, Parlay. Yes. And Facebook is now having to deal with MeWe. And there's a lot of people are going on MeWe. A lot of people are migrating over there. There's actually an alternate to YouTube that I checked out, and I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to give them traffic because holy shit, <laughs> some of the people on there. Oh, dear God. I, when I, I first I, went there, like, I, I wanna... the top trending videos were all these white supremacist movements. I was like, oh, this is the last time I'm coming here. Yes. Dear Lord, no. All right. Because that, that brings up another topic that I wanted to, to, to bring up. And the thing is, here's the thing. I didn't want to talk about this for an hour. And now we're looking at yeah. 55 <laughs> minutes and 46 seconds. <laughs> Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions and if it's any good we promise we will read your comment on the air support the show by contributing to our patreon page patreon.com slash fedora chronicles for a mere dollar a month you get early access to the podcast updates on what we're doing and for five dollars a month you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.